From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Hey there, it's Andy Crash Connell. Monday, February 19, 2024. We've got a fresh new podcast uh, you never just know, is it a replay or is it a fresh new podcast? Well, he was on a few days ago on a repeat podcast, but now he's live in our studio, Scott Sharon, and we're going to be visiting with him shortly. And uh, this is, uh, I'm guessing this is a show, uh, we are video recording this, but I don't believe this one's going to make the YouTube channel. <laughs> we're going to have to probably put this one on the Rumble. All right, our scripture, opening scripture here, what it's uh, the big picture in, in uh, Genesis uh, 50, verse 20, uh, context, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am with, uh, for I in the place of God, for am I rather in the place of God, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Wow. Scott Shera, would you uh, open us in prayer? Thank you for that opening scripture crash. Father, the doors you are opening are amazing to me. Thank you for giving me the strength, the encouragement to move forward. Thank you for everything you continue to reveal and the opportunity to share it with anyone with ears to hear. And I pray that you guide my words today and that we can use this opportunity to wake up your people, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. I remember you had a few years ago uh, a rally, a public rally out at St. Elizabeth's Hospital. You remember that? It was April cold, of 22. The coldest day in, in the world history. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember you invited, uh, you gave me an opportunity to speak from the stage. And uh, one of the things that uh, I've said several times since you've been on St- Stand for the Truth numerous times, do you have any idea how many times you've been on? Oh, boy. I don't know. Probably eight or nine, I would guess. It's uh, So our listeners are familiar with you. But I remember um, I got some pushback because I was talking about it was medical murder. And, I, you know, people are saying we, we shouldn't be calling it that. And I said, well, my def- what I understand the definition of murder is this is murder, unjustified killing. And so it's interesting that uh, you, you gave me some slides uh, that you're going to be uh, walking us through today on Stand Up for the Truth, and it says medical murder. When did when did when did that become okay? <laughs> well, for me, it became okay about that time we did the rally because at that point I had about 500 hours of research into Grace's records specifically, and when I saw the the details of what transpired in her medical records, that's when I realized she was murdered, and that set off a um, fire inside of me to become a full-time advocate researcher and the medical murder series, which I posted on Rumble, on my Rumble channel, Deprogram with Grace's Dad, is the culmination of 2,500 hours of research. And the conclusion is medical murder is the number one cause of death in the United States, and it's by design. I'm not talking about medical malpractice. Medical malpractice means negligence. I'm talking about medical murder, right. hastening death. 
hastening death is murder. And I've said it as well. Uh, every COVID death is a murder. That's just that's my opinion. But that's uh, and we're gonna we're gonna go big picture here today. And you've gone through some uh, some uh, new realities. Do you uh, you, uh, you wanted to start off with a statement here? I want to make sure you get that statement in. Well, the statement is based on some of the research that I've been doing, and you know, I just got back last night, as as you know, from Oklahoma, and I'll, I'll start with that. But the research that I am been focusing on crash, and I'll be releasing another monocast coming up in about a month to talk about the spiritual battle. Unless you see this as spiritual, you'll never connect the dots as to what I'm about to share. Not with the slides. The slides give some details so people can wake up. But what I want to open with, uh, I'm going to read something first, and I'm going to go back to what what happened at the state capitol in Oklahoma on Saturday. And what I'm going to read is from the expose. This is a fairly high-end publication in the U.K., and the title of it is Deaths During the First Wave of the Pseudo-Pandemic Were Caused by Itricide, which is the act of killing a patient by medical treatment. And I'm going to read this. So, quote, the actions of governments around the world were malicious and harmful, resulting in the premature ending of many lives. There was no pandemic. It was a government-imposed measure that caused the excess mortality during the alleged first wave and beyond. Remember, three weeks flattened to, to flatten the curve, the lie, the first lie. The COVID PSYOP and response was a full-scale, multifaceted state and itrogenic attack against populations and against societal support structures, which caused all-cause mortality in every jurisdiction. And here's the clincher. We need genuine, independent investigations with consequences to determine exactly who was responsible for these deaths and to prevent protocolists from ever killing one patient to supposedly save others in the future. Charges of murder would seem completely reasonable and appropriate under the circumstances. Okay, when I read that, what people hear, they start rallying around those type of messages, those type of messages are the red pill of this movement to deceive the population. And I'm going to move in. I'm going to close with something even stronger, but I want to move into what happened at the state capitol in Oklahoma Mm -hmm. City. I was invited there to speak. There's a couple of ladies who lost their husbands through the COVID hospital murder protocols. And one of them lost not just her husband, but then after her husband died, she was engaged to be married, and then her fiancé died from the jab. So she lost two men. Were so they at the rally? Were they, were yes, they okay. were there. All right. No, no, they were not at the rally right. in April. But Boy, they were, <laughs> that sound, but I'm hearing similar stories. Oh, anyway, they're, I'm sorry. They're all across the country. Right. I mean, this is millions of people have been impacted at this point. Anyway, they organized this rally at the Oklahoma State Capitol, and I was a speaker. And you know, ultimately, the reason I'm bringing this up is because when I got back last night, Cindy picked me up from the airport. Uh, we're sitting down at home, and she said, "Did you see the news clip from the Oklahoma State Capitol rally?" These these two ladies, by the way, what they're doing is they're putting together a petition that they're going to give to the Attorney General of Oklahoma on Tuesday, so tomorrow. They're putting together 
as a petition to formally file with the Attorney General, which that can be good or bad. It depends on if God's leading it. I believe God is leading these two ladies. What happened at the rally is one of the state representatives ended up speaking, and he was given an unlimited platform. And then when Cindy showed me the Fox, the local Fox affiliate came, she showed me the two-minute clip that was on the local Fox station. They highlighted this state representative. And he said three things, which are very important. He said, we have got to get justice relative to this pandemic. We've got to hold the hospitals accountable. It's not the individual doctors and nurses, and we need legislation to fix this. He told three lies in a row. And the people rally around this because they cannot discern the truth anymore. These red pill lies have become the standard. So what are the three lies? We never had a pandemic. The pandemic was a lie. And they want to make this all about the pandemic. Why? Because then they can say, well, we made some mistakes in the pandemic, and then we can move on to the next thing. Uh, hospitals. So, of course, hospitals are guilty with this. They took incentives from the government to kill people. But the individual doctors and nurses are the ones who pulled the trigger. Do you, if crash, if Q90 told you, hey, I want you to go kill somebody, and you did it, I mean, are you not accountable because Q90 told you to do it? I mean, it's- it seems like a no-brainer, but like you said, I feel compelled to uh, pause here for a moment just in case anyone listening doesn't understand this term red pill. Oh, yes. Let, let, me, let me go ahead and just real quick. There was a movie called The Matrix in the in, back in the uh, late 90s, and uh, it's about um, a, a, a different reality, an AI reality. And to leave the Matrix, when they first meet at the beginning of the movie, the lead character had to choose between a red pill and a blue pill. Red pill, you're going to wake up to the truth. Blue pill, you go back to the way things are. He chose the red pill. So it's a very common term that you're hearing. Call us conspiracy theories or anything, but red pill means the reality of what uh, is being shown. And it, it was very hard, and I didn't want to get too much into that. But uh, That's we, fantastic. We've been, say, we've oh, been saying red pill a lot. And so um, it's basically a an awakening truth, I guess, is the best. Is well, it's waking up to a reality, not the reality, and it's waking up to a truth. Not, something you didn't not know before. the truth, yeah, right. right, something we didn't know before. And that pursuit of knowledge is what Satan used with Eve in the garden. Read Genesis 3-6 in the context of Eve's desire to be like God was through pursuing knowledge, and that has... Um, infiltrated our entire belief system for 6,000 years now. So people pursue knowledge, red pills, and they think they can be like God by knowing all these supposed truths. So the last thing that this gentleman said from the state legislature is, you know, we need legislation to fix this. Well, think, think that through. We already know the rule of law is not being followed. In the state of Wisconsin, we have legislation, so the doctors have to follow informed consent. So they have to inform the patient of what's going on. They don't do it. And the patient has to give consent. There's a state statute crash, 448.30, that says they have to do that. Well, what's the consequence if they don't? By the way, no statute is necessary and the statute is illegal because our state constitution says there should be no ex post facto law that takes away a person's right to life. 
So the informed consent law is already codified in Scripture. And what does the Scripture say? Treat your neighbor as yourself. So, Crash, if you were a doctor, of course, you would want your patient to be informed so he could make an intelligent decision if he wanted to do the treatment or not. But that's not what's happening anymore. So what's the purpose of the statute? Why do we need to codify something in a statute? It's because the consequence for violating the statute is a report to the medical examining board. So when I filed a complaint against the doctor who murdered Grace, the medical examining board is who I had to file the complaint with, and there's no appeal rights. The medical examining board is made up of 10 physicians and three lay people. So this is like the traffic cop giving his buddy, who's also a traffic cop, a ticket for speeding. Of course, it doesn't happen. So they did a sham investigation and said the doctor didn't do anything wrong. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so legislation was his last point, Mm -hmm. and we cannot contract morality. That is not, never going to happen through legislation. So this man was put on the local Fox affiliate station and lied to the people, which that's, that is what's happening all the time. So now I'm going to take this to something that most of your listeners have, have watched, which is the sound of freedom. So when I say about the movie, the sound of freedom, everyone, oh yeah, that was a great movie. All right. Let's just think this through in terms of the idea of, Satan wanting to release red pills to hook us. So I I watched the movie. I thought the movie was fine. Where was the hook? Well, the hook was right at the end. Well, the hook was actually, why did it take so long to even produce a film like that? But most people don't realize it took years and years and years to even get that film released to the public. I see the film released, the timing of it was controlled, so that we can't release all this evil at once. But the hook was right at the end because it's based on a true story. And right at the end, they have the man that the story is based on go in front of Congress. They show his testimony in front of Congress. And then Cong- the, the end is Congress is going to enact legislation to stop this. Hello, you know, Congress is in on this. I mean, that's, you know, people. Well, I, don't you believe, I mean, we can't get into the motives, but uh, that'll be a different rabbit trail. But it, it is really one of these things where, oh, good, I don't have to do anything. I'll just elect somebody who will fix it. Well, that's what we want. Yeah, we, I don't want to do know, anything. First Samuel chapter 8 was the first time the Israelites, what did they do? They begged Samuel for a king. And he pleads with them. He pleads with God. You know, don't you realize that this isn't going to work out for you? And God says, just give him the king. And this is what we, we're, it's the trap we always fall into. We want a man to fix things. So now, you know, we're in the presidential election cycle. I mean, this is the first time I'm not listening to any of that garbage. It's all foolishness. Well, and it, it comes down to, as you said, oh, by the way, let me mention, I'm Crash. I'm visiting with Scott Shera live today on February 19th, fresh new podcast, StandUpForTheTruth.com. And what it really comes down to, the spiritual. It took you a while to go there because your first goal was let's try to save lives. There are people being murdered. I'm going to save lives. Here's some things. Try to give, like you said, uh, advocacy, um, informed, educated decisions when you have to, when you have a health crisis. But the spiritual, and I'm glad we're going over this because the spiritual battle of all of this is our own self-righteousness that we we say our morality is I would never do anything like this, so why would somebody else do something like that? And that's where our self-righteousness gets in the way. The best attitude that you can have is that there is not a sin that I would not commit 
So help me God. He is the only one that can prevent us from not going down the same situation as the doctors and nurses that were, you know, that have become the impetus for everything that I'm sharing. I mean, of course, these people are guilty, but the best thing that could happen to all those people is they repent. Why? Because that would stop this. They would be, by definition, once they repented, they would have to get on the airwaves and share what's going on so that we can help people and change their beliefs about what is happening. So the the attitude that there's not a sin that I wouldn't commit is paramount so that we don't get up on our pedestal and look down at everybody else crash. And it is it is hard to believe. It is hard to believe. It's I, difficult to believe because everybody alive, I've said this recently on social media, everybody that is alive today has been lied to all of their life. Absolutely. That's <laughs> that's the um that's It's the, not a recent thing. Oh, this started in 2016 with Trump, or this started... No. no, no, no. Everybody alive today, breathing air, has been lied to all their life. We've been lied to about the American dream. We've been lied to about freedom. We've been lied to about the wars, um, the, you know, the current situation with the Ukraine. I mean, it's all deception. All of it. All of it is deception. Elections. Everything. The elections, every single thing. So what is... And what, now we're telling people about medical... There, there's nothing sacred. No. no well, medical not. was really the the way I can't that. Ask my doctor now. If hmm. you look at what the scripture says, we shouldn't be surprised it happened through medical because Revelation eighteen twenty three says that Satan will deceive the world with pharmacia. So it is shouldn't be a shock to anybody that this is from the perspective of big pharma in the United States. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. We only have 4.2% of the world's population, 4.2%. Yet we consume 4.8 billion prescriptions a year. That's 44% of the entire world's prescriptions are consumed by the United States. And that don't even count uh, for over, over the counter. Correct. So how did that, how did that happen? Well, it's, be, you know, so we have to shine the light on ourselves because we let it happen. And as that's you, it. That's, that's what my, back to my original point is we got to stop putting our morality above gods and other people and look at, and then it'll make more sense to you. Am I capable of doing this? Then it, then, then people are capable of doing this. And I want to make sure that we cover everything we can in this hour. Scott Sher is a guest today. Fresh new podcast on Stand Up for the Truth. Did we cover everything in that? Well, oh, we only have an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, on the air. <laughs> I want to just, I wanna, as long as you want. I want to hit one more um, before I get into the slides crash because the a lot of people are waking up to the fact that the jab. You know, we can't. I can't even in good conscience call it a vaccine because the vaccine psyop has been uh, that set up the current jab. Right. We have this fear of viruses. Um, which that's a different psyop, but we have, you know, all this fear and then we can fix these fears by having jabs. And so we've had this vaccination agenda that's been going on. Also, this is parallel with all the other big pharma, but the vaccine agenda has been critical for them to implement the hastening death process. Remember these, these globalists believe that we're overpopulated. So one of the goals they have is to control the population. Well, the best way you can do that is through the vaccination schedule. 
because the vaccination schedule not just sterilizes people, but it maims them. And now we see, of course, with the COVID jab, it kills them. And it was by design. The COVID jab was exposed as a bioweapon already in January of 2021 with the Brooke Jackson lawsuit. She was a Pfizer employee. She realized they were not testing the mm-hmm. jab, so she filed a false claims act against Pfizer, and their defense was an other authority agreement with the Department of Defense. And so they admitted this thing was never a vaccine whatsoever, so they didn't have to do any testing. This was already exposed, but the government even admitted it in May of 2021, and that became the pressure. Grace Grace was murdered in the fourth quarter of 2021. What was the reason? That was the highest quarter of murders in all the hospital murders during the 39-month COVID era. What was the reason? They were had to, an all-court press to promote the jab. In that quarter, doctor, family doctors were incentivized to the tune of $296,000 if they could convince 75% of their patient populations to take the jab. Just think that through. They're incentivizing death, which, you know, bigger picture incentivizing death has been happening through standards yeah. of care for oh, yeah. decades before that. One final point on my, we're still in my open crash. One final point of my open, those of you who have are, are woken up to the jab, you may have seen a documentary called Shot Dead. It's extremely well done. We got done watching that, Cindy and I, and I said to her as soon as we were done watching, I said, Pfizer is going to be a sacrifice. So what, what do I mean by that? Oh, sacrificial lamb? Yes. Okay. Because they have to have this agenda go forward. So Remember what I said about the sound of freedom, right? The government's going to fix this. So if the government takes down Pfizer as a sacrificial lamb, it fits like a glove. So well, I believe that that is the we we talked about that before. They create the problem, they fix the problem. Exactly. That's the Hegelian dialectic. And, and so, uh, I, but make sure you finish your open. I'm open. <laughs> I'm done with my open. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to get into some background? Because uh, he's got an excellent. Uh, PDF that we're going to post on uh, the post today. We'll share it on the post. And you said it's also on your Rumble channel? Yes, I, um, I did a monocast on this uh, topic. So it's titled Medical Murder, Proving Collusion from the Top Down. I recorded this on my Rumble channel, Deprogramming with Grace's dad, a couple weeks ago. So this entire presentation, I'm only, only going to hit, it's 37 slides long. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to hit eight slides on the air because of time. So the entire thing will be in the show notes as far as the all slides. Right. But then if you want to listen to all 37 slides, it's on my Rumble I'll channel. interrupt you in seven minutes, so you go ahead. Oh, yes. I've got the clock in front of me. All right. Well, the thing that I want to start with is this business of eugenics, because that is the lie that has been sold. Eugenics has been around for a long time before Jesus walked the face of the earth, but the current eugenics movement was invented by the United States in the early 1900s through a sterilization program. Hitler adopted that methodology in the 1930s and started perfecting eugenics. And what happened then, what happened next? So eugenics, just so people understand what that is, it's the idea that we need to create um, a, somewhat of a master race. That's what his, Hitler called it. But it's mm-hmm. the idea we need to get rid of the, the unfit, the disabled. Um, you know, it's, of course, expanded to the elderly because we, we need to have a robust population. We shouldn't have any useless eaters. Ezekiel Emmanuel called those people... 
uh, non-contributing members of society, which that was embedded in Obamacare. We've talked about that before. But you think about eugenics then, this mentality had to get inside the population, inside of the people pulling the strings. So they start working on eugenics, Hitler adopts it, and then what the United States did, which we do very well, is we start pointing the finger at Hitler. I mean, what you did is wrong. They hold Nuremberg trials. While this is going on, we, the United States of America, sneaks back the top 1,600 German eugenicists to the United States to keep working on the eugenicist eugenics program. And what happens when COVID is a result of the eugenics program? That's where it's at. That's how far they've gotten with perfecting eugenics in our society. So that's how it's all started. And Hollywood tried to make it look like... Uh uh, science fiction. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Star Trek fan. I don't. Are you a Star Trek fan from I'm the not. 60s? Okay. Uh, there was a uh, episode back in the 60s on Star Trek. Uh, they, his name was Khan, and he was a he was a uh, ruler from a eugenics race. It was science fiction back then, and the, and uh, it was also a follow up movie in, in the early 80s about it. So it seems like uh, we're talking about controlled opposition. Hollywood being part of that as well is controlled opposition. And so I want to make sure that everybody understands this. This was actually before Hitler. Yes. Eugenics, way before Hitler. Way before Hitler, right. I mean, the first documented eugenics is 348 B.C. But, I mean, in the current, I'm talking about the current time period that we're in. Well, we see the deception of pharmacia today. It started with planting the seed of eugenics. So how did they, you know, they have layers of minions involved in this, and that's the next slide. So who are all these minions who are involved with eugenics? Well, most people would have heard of the Illuminati, so part of the mystery schools, the Illuminati. So that makes sense. I mean, they would be um, thinking that we can't, you know, we've got to have a limited population. They bought into the lie, controlling the planet, controlling the population. Well, then the governments get involved because the governments are all funded by the bankers. Uh, then we get down to those who facilitate medical murder. How did they pull that off? Well, they did it through licensing. These people are the highest paid, uh, quote, end quote, professionals on the planet. And so through state licensing and standards of care, they get them to hasten death and through the programming of the standards of care, the medical schools, the Rockefellers uh, bought the medical schools in the early 1900s. The Rockefellers brought the pharmaceuticals into the population when the pharmaceuticals started to cause cancer. They put together the American Cancer Society to make it look like they're doing something to solve this cancer problem that they invented. Well, then we go down to what about... It's also a funding arm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we go to the ones who are not standing firm against the unlawful mandates. So we've, you know, the individual sheriffs, the county sheriffs that didn't stand up against, they are our last line of defense. That's in our the population. most mind blowing thing to me. <clears throat> well, the most sheriffs. mind blowing to me is one step down, and that is the pastors who lied about Romans thirteen and fourteen. You want to expand on that? You, yeah, you want? To? Of course, I do. Okay, because uh, I want to make sure you get some more slides in there. Because we talked about this on Stand Up for the Truth. Uh, that was a very big push around back during the pandemic, is Romans thirteen and fourteen. Yeah, absolutely, that was the most common quoted scripture during the pandemic for Christians. 
We'll start with Romans 14. So Romans 14 is the get along chapter, the unity chapter. So is it true that we should get along? Of course. But does that principle trump the truth? Of course not. I mean, we need to speak the truth to people. How else would they understand what to do? I mean, now we can't, you know, if somebody is a homosexual, we can't call that a sin anymore. But as it applies to the pandemic, I mean, we've got to, you know, we got to wear masks so that somebody's not offended. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. And this was going on in the churches. The churches, one step further with Romans 13, what they ended up doing with Romans 13, several of the mega churches had vaccination clinics, several shut down. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to name names here, but it's, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating. And under the idea that we need to obey the government. Well, we don't obey the government when it's going against God. Well, the Bible's clear about that. Absolutely. And I don't know where it went wrong, but it was overly, overly quoted, if that's a word. Well, go, you said, does that trump that? Maybe that might have triggered somebody. Let's say supersede from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to trigger anybody. Nine, uh, almost uh, half past the hour here. We're going to take a two minute break. Our guest today on Stand Up for the Truth is Scott. Shara. His website is OurAmazingGrace.net. Deprogramming with Scott Shara on Rumble. And we do appreciate feedback. We'll pass that along. All you do is email comments at standupforthetruth.com. We don't use them on the air. We just share them with our guests and with our leadership here. Comments at standupforthetruth.com. Johnny's in here recording the video, and it will be on our Rumble page, CTRN Online, on Rumble. We'll be back in two minutes. Stand up for the truth. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. Fresh new podcast. I'm Crash Connell. Scott Sherrill, live in studio with us Monday, February 19, 2024. And uh, let's uh, finish some thoughts. Uh, we were uh, talking about Satan's minions, and uh, you mentioned the Illuminati, the government, uh, those who facilitate uh, facilitate rather medical murder, uh, going those that uh, submit to the unlawful mandates, and we were talking about pastors who lie about Romans thirteen and fourteen. You know, if, if you're belonging to a church where that's happening, I'd encourage you to first challenge the pastor, and if he's unwilling. To accept the truth, it's time, you know, that's your, obviously your signal to leave. Uh, Crash, Jamie Walden was a pastor on with me last time I guest hosted, and you said you had Very a, lot popular of, podcast, a lot of feedback yeah. on him, and uh, I wanted to have, I'm going to be guest hosting three days next week, I wanted to have him back, but he's too busy, but I did have him on my own podcast last week, Okay, and it just got posted on Rumble yesterday, so those of you who want to take a look at what Jamie has to say the the latest and greatest uh, it it was really a, an awesome podcast next week i've got uh, megan smith uh, she's going to talk about the real cancer cures it's interesting i came on highway 41 today and there's a big uh, billboard that says uh, we're working on the latest cancer cures it's like oh my gosh the psyop of cancers not cured continues then we're going to have curtis bowers uh, curtis is the one who uh, is behind the movie The Agenda. Yeah, well, uh, he's very popular. I mean, he's, we've had him on before. Yeah, Curtis Bowers. Yeah. He's fantastic. And then we're going to have uh, my favorite of the three is Coach Dave. 
So Coach Dave will light things up, and we'll have a lot of fun with Coach Dave. So that's next week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. I don't know which guest is which day, but it doesn't matter. Back to the slides. I'm looking forward to it. I hope I'm here for that. Uh, I, I, <laughs> me, I hope I'm here, too. <laughs> well, uh, but I'll, All right. I'll, I'll take the rapture. I want to talk about the culture of death that they have implemented in our society. And this comes from the Adolf Eichmann trial. Hannah Arendt, she couldn't wrap her heads around her head around what was happening during World War II, and she studied the Adolf Eichmann trial. Adolf Eichmann was one of the minions that implemented the Holocaust agenda. Was he, um, uh, memory serves, way high up in the uh, Nazi party? Um, he was, but like he was really a man. He was something. a pencil pusher. And, you know, when he went to trial, she was wondering, how could he have bought into this? And she coined the phrase at that time, banality of evil. So banality means commonplace. So evil is so common, we don't recognize it. And has that happened in America? I'm going to give you two very specific examples to to show you, and then I'll hit on one other one. Think through what happens when a young couple gets pregnant today. They go into the doctor, and what does the doctor say? Let's schedule your amniocentesis. And what is the young couple programmed to do? They only, they're programmed to follow the white coat, but then, well, does my insurance pay for it? Well, of course your insurance pays for it. Why? Because the insurance is part of the entire system to hasten death. What's the goal of an amniocentesis? It's to find out if the person is going to be disabled or not. So now they get the results of the amniocentesis. The doctor invites him into his office and says, I think your boy is going to have Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I recommend an abortion. Correct. And I think what they say is, because they said it to us, uh, not that there was a problem, but why do we need to do this? They said, uh, you have the option to terminate the pregnancy early, is how they put it with us. You know, Grace had Down syndrome. Grace was the best thing. God gave us second to salvation. Why? Why do I say that? Because grace showed God's love unconditionally, the way that we're supposed to do it, the way that I can barely do it even when I'm sleeping. She was, she, she, she was an angel on this earth that showed us what real love is. And that's what Down syndrome people are. They're fantastic. It's sad so, they call it a disability. Right. It's not a, it's, no, it's, it's, not. it's an ability because it's the ability that matters while we're here. The goal is not to, uh, follow the American dream. The goal is to glorify God while we're here and bring people into the kingdom. Well, you can't do that without, without love. Oh, Grace did that and she did it all the time, 24 seven. It was, it was just a blast to have her in our life. So. This disabled culture, remember I mentioned Ezekiel Emanuel earlier. So in 1996, he already had publicly said that if you're a non-contributing member of society, you don't deserve medical care. So you think, wow, that's bad. Well, how do they do it? Well, they do it by by putting the disabled in a class that they're treated differently, but they're aborted before birth. 90% of Down syndrome babies are murdered in the womb in the United States of America right now today. So that's how they are implementing the banality of uh, evil relative to the disabled. What I don't about know if you the know elderly? this, but they also, because I didn't know what it was. 
You didn't know what Down syndrome was. Right. uh, Like, what does that have to do with anything? And so they paint a really dark picture of of how how your life is going to be, and we can fix that. Uh, And our our child didn't have Down syndrome, but they said it's a risk because of of my age at the time. I was 47 at the time. They said older men, that could be a problem. They were creating a problem that I didn't even know existed. And that was also another lie, but right, right, yeah. It, I found the training document to kill Down syndrome adults in the research, which I've shared on the air before. And they paint this picture that Down syndrome is the one of the worst things that could ever happen to to somebody or a family with somebody with Down syndrome. Right. And it's just the opposite. It's the best. We're thing trying to help happened. you. This is a mercy thing. Right? Exactly. Right. All right. So then, what about the elderly? If you go to the statistics, which I'm going to just turn to the next page. This will blow your mind. Again, this will be posted at StandUpForTheTruth.com as a PDF. Medicare was non-existent in 1960. So Medicare is for the elderly. In 1970, when it, it got started in the late 60s, you compare 1970 to 2019, that 49-year period, the cost of Medicare went up 10,000%. <laughs> And the similar, it, it's actually worse when you look at the cost of nursing homes. So what's happened during that time period is you and I grew up in the last generation that took care of their parents. Now if mom misses the mail one day, they put her in a dementia center. This is all by design. Out of sight, out of mind, we got to get the elderly in, you know, out of, out of the system. When you look at what happened with COVID, COVID really exposed the agenda because we had the number one and number two causes of death with COVID in a hospital were elderly and disabled. Interestingly, when you look at the statistics for the elderly and nursing homes crash, if you had COVID and you're age 70 to 90 in a nursing home, you had a 10 time more likely chance of death than if you were being taken care of by your family or you were still living Mm -hmm. in your own home. 10 time more likely chance. This was all by design. It wasn't just an accident. It was literally but by design to hasten the death of the disabled and elderly population with the COVID PSYOP. What's the reason? We'll drill it down one more level. Collectivism. Collectivism is the idea that we need to worry about the population instead of the needs of the individual. The Medicare and Medicaid costs today represent 50% of the annual federal budget, $3 trillion a year. And so those costs have to be contained. That's the lie that they've sold us. We've got to contain these costs. Yet we know they don't have to contain the the cost because on April 5th of 1933, a very significant event happened. We got off the gold standard and then we have the fiat currency replace the gold standard and the fiat currency gave them the license to use the love of money is the root of all evil. And so they can use money with non-accountability to incentivize every conceivable evil on this earth but we can't take care of the elderly and the disabled uh, under this guise of collectivism. I want to go to one more here, Crash, before you ask a question. Standupforthetruth.com. I'm Crash. Our guest today in studio is Scott Shera at Amazing Grace 
dot net and also deprogramming with Scott Shara S C H A R A on Rumble. All right, I want to share one more and then you can ask another question. But I mentioned in the open about this congressman from Oklahoma saying we need legislation. And I have been very blunt that the government is in on this. When Tom Renz came out and said we need to do congressional investigations for these hospital murders, I saw him as controlled opposition at that point. Well, I'm going to say something that's going to offend those of you who are loyal Republicans because – Ronald Reagan, who we all consider to be, or I, I used to consider to be, well, he's one of the greatest presidents that ever uh, lived. In 1986, he signed the National Vaccine Safety and Injury Act. So it was in 1986. All right, what that did was it gave Big Pharma the license to produce vaccinations without testing with literally no consequences. So you wonder how we got here. That National Vaccine Safety Act of 1986 is one of the key elements of how the COVID PSYOP was pulled off. When you drill down what Congress put in place to pull off COVID, they gave unilateral authority to the Health and Human Services Secretary to implement a public health emergency once a public health emergency was implemented by one man, he was able to implement the PREP Act, which gave immunity from liability as long as the doctors followed FDA protocols that were instituted under emergency use authorization. So you wonder how did remdesivir, ventilators, toxilisumab, all these things, how did they, how did this even happen that these became approved and became the only protocols? I just gave you the exact process. Health and Human Services Secretary, Public Health Emergency, PREP Act, FDA, Emergency Use Authorization. Those became the only protocols that they could use if they wanted to get paid. So we had the government literally for the first time in history write checks to kill people. That's what the COVID PSYOP exposed. All right, I want to just take one one more step back here, Crash, and, and because I, we just got done talking about what happened with the emergency use authorization laid out. What that did, what the emergency use authorization did was lay out the exact protocols hospitals needed to follow to be incentivized. Well, you think, well, when did this start? Well, it started decades before. We've already gone from the perspective of eugenics, but how did they implement this? Well, in the 80s, they started to implement standards of care. So think about those words, standards of care. It sounds good. We have standards of care. That makes sense. What happened is standards of care became the standards that the hospitals and the doctors started using without individual patient responsibility. So they started following standards of care. Those were the standards that would be reimbursed by insurance companies. And we have to get to the point, well, why would the insurance companies do this? Because it's the insurance companies have been successfully bought, not literally, but successfully bought by the government. How did they do that? The Center for Medicaid Services are the is the institution, so this is the Medicare, Medicaid, 
bureaucracy. They're the ones who end up writing the standards of care for the entire country, and then the insurance companies adopt those standards of care. So what does that look like? Crash, you might remember that I was diagnosed with heart disease seven years ago. Well, when I was diagnosed with heart disease, I should have woken up to a lot bigger picture then, but I didn't. And what happened was they wanted to put me on a statin drug. One mm-hmm. of the good nurses at that time said, Scott, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. I said, well, what is it? She said, you have to go on the statin. I said, what do you mean I have to? I said, I don't have to do anything. She said, let me explain something to you. She said, the Center for Medicaid Services, Medicare, Medicaid, writes the standards of care. And if you don't follow the standard of care, our reimbursement rates go down. I said, well, I'm not on Medicare or Medicaid. She said, it doesn't matter. Our reimbursement rates under Medicare and Medicaid are based on the percentage of our entire patient populations that we can convince to follow the CMS standards of care. This is how they implemented it. So she said that if you don't take the statin, and there's enough people like you who don't follow our recommendation, we have to fire you from our patient base. So what's the take-home message for that? The best thing you can do is stop your regular insurance. Any of you, just stop the regular insurance because they are all in on it. I looked forward to um, uh, my 65th birthday. All right, I'm a ways away, but I just got my Social Security statement in the mail a couple weeks ago, and I looked at it because I thought, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go on Medicare. So I started digging into it, and I found out that if you don't go on Medicare, so think through what Medicare is. We've been paying for this our whole life, right? Yeah, it comes out of your paycheck. Comes out of your paycheck. So what happens is now we think we hit age 65, and wow, we hit the jackpot, right? Free healthcare. <laughs> But I mean, it is, it is unbelievable when you think through what I'm about to tell you. So we get this free healthcare. We paid for it, so it's not free, yeah. but it's designed to hasten our death. That's what these standards of care are about. All right. So then I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. Well, if, if you don't take their free healthcare, there's a penalty. You would think they would pay you to not take it, right? But there's a penalty for not taking it. And we're under Christian Healthcare Ministries right now. So I thought, well, I'll just stay on Christian Healthcare Ministries. You can't. Christian Healthcare Ministries is in on it too. If you don't have Medicare, their coverage doesn't apply. So it's, Crash, this is so deep. It's way deeper than what anybody, well, not you. I mean, you're awake to this, but I mean, people are not awake to what I'm but talking it's, about. But it's, it's then like we started the, the broadcast, this is a spiritual thing. We're all looking like, how can we get out of this? And going like, I don't know, rip out the pages of Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel, because <laughs> this is all, this is all a part of the coming one world system, which includes one world religion, one world government, one world, um, uh, currency. And so, uh, I hope you're connecting those dots, Scott. Oh, I am connecting those dots. Absolutely. I going like, I mean, God is, God is on his throne and this is all playing out. And people ask us all the time, what can we do? And I'm going, when Jesus Jesus was tempted, I'll just throw a little thing. You can chew on this. Jesus was tempted by Satan. See all these kingdoms? Bow down and worship me, and you can have these. 
Jesus did not say those aren't yours. That's exactly right. He didn't say those aren't yours because they are his kingdoms. And so that just chew on that. For we a have bit. a false perception of what's going on, right? When Jesus said that Satan is the prince of this world, he it's true. And he did, and it, that's, that plays off of what you just said. It's a hundred percent true. So then when we come to grips with that, so Satan has had 6,000 years to perfect the antichrist and false prophet systems. And of he's Revelation grooming somebody 13. right now because he doesn't know when the rapture is. So somebody right now is in the wings. He's grooming somebody right now because he doesn't know when the rapture is. But I'm just saying that when we have to, at Center for the Truth, we're trying to keep you on a biblical worldview on this. And when we first started visiting with, Scott, about this and sharing this on Stand Up for the Truth, we've got to remember, we've got to make sure that people understand when they're scared and feel hopeless, know that there is hope. And that is, what is what is the job? What are you going to do? And we're going to get into that here because we're going to wrap up with the big picture of this. So hang around for that. So uh, I want to make sure I didn't uh, lose our place right here. But, but I remember when you said something about the statins. Because I was on statins for a while, and I just got off of it because my chiropractor told me to get off uh, statins a long time ago. But every time I'd go to the doctor, you know how they read off your prescriptions? Yes. And they kept saying, are you still taking 40 milligrams of statins? I went, no, why don't you take that off? They still haven't taken it off. So they're, they're, they're probably stealing from the insurance companies. They keep it, they keep it on there because they won't take it off. I said, please take that off. I'm not taking, I haven't taken statins in, since 2009. Can you can I want to see you physically remove that? But I so now when when you were saying that I'm going maybe they're just stealing from the insurance company. Well, because it's on my record. Absolutely, because then you count you count right. towards the Medicare Medicaid reimbursement platform. You know, you said a mouthful crash. You know, what can people do? It happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can people do? You know, that's the million dollar question. It is. And we are. I'm awake now. I need to do something. What do I do? Yeah. I want to share what I've been processing since Grace's murder. You know, Grace, Grace had to be murdered to wake me up, unfortunately. So at the beginning, when we started to share a, this was about making sure nobody else lost their little buddy. Mm hmm. Because she was my little buddy. Stops now. Uh, you know, it's gotten a lot bigger than that. And I see that I now have a responsibility to share what I've learned. You know, and, you know, the physical piece, I've learned an awful lot about hospital protocols, and we went through some of that today. But the spiritual piece is the most important. You know, most of us, I was in the blue pill lane. Uh, you know, that's 70% of the population. We just are chasing the American dream. And is, is it that low? Yeah, it's, it could be uh, I higher. Thought, I, I, okay. Well, I'm going, this is my, these are my own statistics. Okay. I haven't proven this. So I think 70% are just, they're just following suit. Whatever the government tells me, as long as I can keep my job, right. whatever, it just my lifestyle, whatever it is, I'm just going to do it. So they don't care about digital currency. They don't care about the Great Reset, all of that. The red pill people, so that I think is 29% of the population, the red pill people realize there's something going on and it's wrong. And they're spending an awful lot of time chasing these truths to figure out what 
what can they do? You know, there's all kinds of different versions. What can I do to prepare? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's ultimately chasing knowledge as an idol. It's not the knowledge that God is talking about in Hosea 4, 6, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's chasing knowledge as an idol. And what happens is if you're chasing knowledge as the idol, you can't see the things that are, are happening spiritually. You know, so then you don't see how is God working? What is my role here? What am I supposed to do? Uh, because every time you get a new red pill, it causes, it's like a, a uh, pinball in a pinball machine. Onion machine. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah where uh, you peel uh, back uh, the uh, onion, onion or oh. it, you just bounce all around because, you know, there's a race to expose evil. And God showed me that when, when I learned about the Hegelian dialectic that don't use grace's case to expose evil because it fits into Satan's playbook. And so what do I mean by that? Well, Satan has to have the evil exposed in the ultimate esoteric Hegelian dialectic so that he can resurrect himself as the angel of light. So this is Satan as the evil Satan becoming the less evil Satan, angel of light. God has warned us of that ahead of time. And so what if, you know, now that I'm woken up, and I want to just say, what have I been woken up to? And what I was have been woken up to is I have been led by my fear and desire for security and comfort, and I fell into the medical industrial trap that Satan has been using to deceive us for 120 years. That satanic system is designed to hasten each one of our deaths. As I mentioned, Satan is going to deceive us with pharmacia. He's doing it right now. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses ten through twelve says they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but delighted in wickedness. COVID was not the powerful delusion, but it was God's warning for us to repent. Here we go. All right, time is urgent. We are in the days of Noah. And I'm going to say it again. God told us Satan would deceive us through pharmakia, Revelation 18.23. I want to leave with some hope and then a call to action. Grace would say, Dad, God's got this. Don't worry about it. Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the Father. He didn't get up with COVID and start pacing around. Jesus is the order within this chaos. Satan is trying to become the order out of the chaos. And that's the false prophet system that's being laid right now. And so a hopeful scripture I will give everybody who sees what I am seeing. First Corinthians 3, verses 16 through 17. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Each of us has the ability to do God's work. I believe God's work the, is preceded by repentance. Once we repent, we can do anything that God calls us to. We can all become Diedrich Bonhoeffers. Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, to not speak is to speak, and to not act is to act. And this is a call to speak and action for those of us who are woken up the 1% that have repented and were willing to do God's work. We will be held accountable for our actions, 
and our inaction. Scott Shera, hey, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Crash. Amazinggrace.net is the website. And on his Rumble page is Deprogramming with Scott Shero. So as we get all this all put together, we'll put it at StandUpForTheTruth.com and also on Rumble at CTRN Online. Have a blessed day.